piercings, jewellery, work life, stories, personal experiences, what more do you want? Oh, the tea? Well, look no further. Welcome to Tea with Dee. I'm your host, Deanna. With 11 years of experience in the body piercing world, there are many stories I can tell. This podcast will go into the history of piercing, what happened, what historical events happened. There will also be submissions from clients about their own experiences and the history of them being pierced too. There will also be interviews with other piercers and other peers within the industry, it being jewellery specialists or jewellery makers. So why not sit back and listen to Tea with D? Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Tea with D. In this episode, it will be an intro on what's coming up in the month of June. It is Pride Month, so please expect Pride-related episodes to come up within the month of June. This has been on my to-do list for a long time. I kept talking about it to family, friends and clients. And finally, I'm doing it. So let's get into it. I'm going to introduce myself and my history when it comes to piercings. I think it's a great first episode, I guess. So it's a long one. So prepare yourself for a long episode, but I'll try and keep it sweet for you. So let's get into the history of how I became a piercer. It started around three or four, the interests of piercings. I was absolutely obsessed with my dad's earlobe piercings he used to wear these little like gold hoops and his eyebrow piercing as well I remember that very vividly and I think he still has it to this day my mum also had a nostril piercing and she still has it now and she had it like done way before I was born as I got older I noticed other people in my family or friends of the family having piercings too so The interest and what else is out there when it comes to piercings or body modifications in general definitely grew. As I got older, I was introduced to a website called BME, which sadly, currently, it is offline. In 2022, they lost a wonderful person called Rachel. And with that loss, they found it pretty difficult to keep up to maintenance with the website. So I'm not entirely sure when it will return, but fingers crossed it does because it has a lot of history on there. I was hooked when I was first introduced to that website back in early 2007, 2008. It was more of a forum group. There were pictures, videos and blog posts done by amazing individuals. And I just stayed on there for a very, very long time until sadly somebody who owns it and who wrote a lot of things on there called Shannon, passed away March the 15th, 2015. At the age of 14, I got a Saturday job at a local studio, just helping out on the reception, you know, answering the phone, handing out flyers. I was there for about a year, maybe two years. Then I went on to get an apprenticeship quotations. It wasn't so much an apprenticeship because I actually paid for the training myself out of my own pocket money. I was around like 15, almost done in 16. And it only lasted a few weeks until I left. And then I joined a different place. At 16, I was licensed and I started my official apprenticeship. I was there for a year, maybe a little bit longer. And then I went to college full time. Jazz, who was at 
the time in Cutthroat Tattoo, wanted to leave to head to London. As that's like the main roost for piercers, there are studios on Henry Corner and opportunities left, right and centre. So why not head for it? She was looking for an apprentice and contacted myself straight away. I had been a regular client for a few years prior when Jazz was doing her apprenticeship. So it was a true blessing to be asked and of course I accepted. We worked together well and I was learning very quickly. (laughs) My first piercing during that apprenticeship was a tongue webbing. Who even thinks, hey yeah, I want to do this as a first piercing? Me, that's who. I remember how exciting it was to do a tragus and nostril and lip and so many more piercings. I remember there were like these reps that went around the country with a black display flat pack cabinet to show off the new pieces of stock and it was mainly like quality jewellery who did it and I remember we received our first like order with them and it was like a nostril screw and two flat back librettes with these little uh, flat uh, cabochon-ish attachments on the top and we were given this like sticker that said uh, quality jewellery stockist <laughs> went on the front door. I also remember Jazz getting some IS industrial strength jewellery. If I remember correctly, they were like prong set attachments like opals. And I was so in awe at this. It just yeah blew up my mind like, oh my God, we can actually do this. There is this one picture of myself getting high nostril piercings done blood all over my nose eyebrows smudge and clear pain tears running down my face i share it every year as a reminder of how easy being an 18 19 year old apprentice is i was there for about eight to nine months doing it all part-time while at college Jazz wanted to leave the nest. It was a bittersweet moment. I was like, yay, go you. But on the other hand, I wasn't ready to take over as a piercer within Cutthroat Tattoo. The owner-manager at the time wanted me to leave and the excuses weren't really excuses. I then went to London and I'll tell you what, London is a scary place, definitely for somebody who's a young teenager, like 18, 19, going to a place like London when they're originally from Newbury, which is countryside. So the scenery was a completely different place, I guess. It was the first place I was introduced to internally threaded jewellery, industrial strength and gold. After about a year of being there, I was done and I found my calling back in Newbury. I joined the team at Classic Marking with Kev, Craig and Pierre in 2014. I was still a baby. I didn't learn everything. So it was kind of like a restart with this place. I started off with externally threaded jewellery. And it, it wasn't even titanium. I'm pretty sure it was surgical steel. And as we know, surgical steel isn't a real thing. But back then it was cheap. I then moved to titanium, still with externally threaded, when I found out more things from a Facebook group called Professional Piercers UK. I then remembered Qualitai and stocked them too. I also got accounts with Industrial Strength and Anatometal. The catalogues were so chunky back then, and the codes, it was mainly codes, that's all it was, just codes. 
and I think it took me like a few months to learn it all so then I could start doing orders. I did get my very first order from Anatometal, which was two Princess Cut prong set titanium attachments, which were just white CZ, and then two prong set cabochons, which were white opal. All four of those pieces did sell in the end, but it took a pretty while to do it. I was there until 2017 when I had my surprise baby. You can learn about this story via the Real Birth podcast hosted by Lucy Hill. I returned back to the pissing world in 2018. Uh, It was a tricky one, of course, because the studio that I joined had a lot of things that need fixing. So it took a while to get the studio off the ground, stocking better stuff and be in a safer place for piercers and clients. (laughs) I even persuaded uh, my friend Lauren Ford, she was my apprentice at Classic Marking, uh, to join me. So there could be another piercer on hand, so then I could go part-time and spend more time with my daughter. We worked together just to get the studio's reputation off the ground, and it was good fun working with her. I really, really enjoyed it. Now, this part of the episode's pretty upsetting part because it's a touchy subject. COVID. In 2020, we were put into national lockdown in March, I think it was the 23rd. So a lot of piercers were told to stay at home and basically do nothing. So we were twiddling our fingers, not sure on what to do. So a group of piercers got together and created a group called Just a Piercer Hangout. Uh, There's a UK one, which is called Just a Piercer Hangout. And then there's a US one, which is called Piercer Hangout. So there was two groups that were created. I think the Piercer Hangout US one was created way before Just a Piercer Hangout. But both of them are great anyway. I, on the other hand, had a lot of time on my hands. Uh, My daughter was either at home or with the childminders, depending on the lockdown rules. Uh, So when she was away at the childminders, I was literally doing nothing. So with a lot of time on my hands, I decided to start doing Open University on law and politics. And during lockdown, I didn't know what else to do apart from help the piercers. So I did. I helped the self-employed business owners, uh, those who were limited companies, individuals, you name it. Just by explaining each announcement in depth, finding out about grants and what local authorities were doing and then doing little Zoom meetings as well. There were many piercers doing amazing work during the lockdown period. The admins are just a piece of hangout. You had Darren, you had Andrew, David, Nathan, Denise, Lauren, Chanel, and also myself. There is a great podcast by the UK ABP president, David, called The Piercing Talk Show. He did it during the lockdown times. And at the end of an episode, the guests would pick a subject for a roundtable discussion. These were hosted regularly, usually in the evenings and at the weekends. Most of the time, I would see that they stayed up until 3am having a good old bubble. There was also a quiz night 
on Mondays, hosted by myself and Liam Dyson, which was really fun. And I would write in the groups like, hey, what would you like the quiz to be this week? And there'd be like a selection that they could do like a pulse, like pick on it. Uh, There was also many posts of critiques of either past work we did or work we did prior to COVID hitting. And yeah, we just had fun during this awful time. And I myself made a lot more friends during the COVID period. And I hope other piercers did as well. I made friends with piercers in the UK, Europe and also within the US. And yeah, it was a pretty crazy time. COVID completely ruined me mentally. Like, I was um, mentally and emotionally uh, broken. A lot of things during the lockdown, like the first lockdown from March 23rd till April the 16th, I believe is when we opened back up. Uh, My bank decided to close my account with no notice. Universal credit, put my payments on hold for a bit, my laptop broke, my phone stopped working. It was a complete disaster. So when we opened up back in April, I was happy to get back to work. Of course, a lot of restrictions came in place and it just made it harder to do work. We weren't allowed to do like under mask services. So like nostril piercings, a high income for me when we had to stop doing them, it was a disaster, big time, and yeah, just a lot of things just ruined it, and within the studio that I was at, a lot of promises were being broken too. Before I left the said studio, I wrote in the Pierces Searching UK group for a job, another part-time job close to the area so that I could stay close to Newbury and it for being like part-time there and part-time at the other studio but nothing showed up so in the end I left the studio in July I think 2020 and I had no idea what I was gonna do I had no backup I had no plans I had nothing but I did have a book which had a lot of stuff in it of research I had gathered over the last like four, five, six years of what I wanted a studio to be like, what I wanted it to be named, what was the influence around it and so on. So uh, end of August, beginning of September uh, 2020, I met up with a lady called Steph, who at the time owned Headcase Barbers, which is located in Newbury. We sat down, we clicked. I was like, yeah, I'm going to take the space that's available. So I opened up on the 16th of September, took my first appointment, which was a date piercing, and the rest was history. At the time, I didn't know whether I wanted to go with the name Pearl Collective It was in between quite a few different names, but Pearl Collective sounded the right name I wanted to go with just because I didn't want it to have any relation to a tattoo studio or a name related to a piercing-only studio because I wanted to offer, you know, jewellery services, piercing services, consultation creation services, you name it, which all spectrums underneath a piercer 
but I didn't want it to be a name that's typically in relation to a piercing or tattoo studio. Just because <laughs> I would get, oh, do you do tattoos? Like, uh, no, it's just piercing only. <laughs> so yeah, I started off pretty mellow <laughs> with getting my name out there. I didn't really know how I was going to do it because social media had been you know, slowly building up over the years as it is. Uh, so I had to start a whole new Facebook page. I had to revamp my Instagram. I had to change all that as well. So getting out the name Pearl Collective was like a whole new uh, rename branding, but also a new business as a whole. So for the first like year, it was very, very difficult. And I found it a big challenge just to get my name up there. And for people to know that Piercings by D was Pearl Collective and I had moved to my own premise, well, my own business. In Headcase Barbers, there are a lot of other people that I absolutely adore and love. Uh, Headcase Barbers is now owned by Enes, who was the barber prior to buying Headcase Barbers. He is an amazing tenant. <laughs> He's not even tenant, he's my landlord, but he's like the landlord's tenant. It's confusing. I'm like a subletter, so he's like boss man to headcase barbers, but he's like my landlord. Um, but he's brilliant, he's very understanding, very chill. And then you have Sam, L, and Tasha, who are the barbers. Then there's Natasha, who does the beauty, and then there's Kat, who is a hairdresser stylist. Uh, they both also have a podcast called Twisted Chambers, which is a very open podcast about the paranormal, UFO, you name it. Uh, I actually helped out write an episode on there about UFOs. Uh, so if you want to go and have a, a little look, watch, because they've got YouTube as well, or listen, they're on uh, Spotify too. So go ahead. It's called Twisted Chamber. It's pretty awesome, in my opinion. I have now been at Headcase for over two years. Like, Headcase is the business at the front of the building. As a whole, we call it Headcase Building. Um, But yeah, my business has been in there for two years now. And I absolutely love it because I am my own boss. And I love what I do. In 2021, I did my first class roundtable at the UK APP conference. It's called the LGBTQIA plus inclusion of piercing. And then again, in 2022, I did it as a open discussion roundtable with AJ and Helen. Such a fantastic opportunity to go and teach, even though last year I was suffering with a really bad fibro flare up. It had been lasting for about eight weeks uh, but it didn't stop me. I went with my walking stick and I trotted on. It was also great to see my friends that I haven't seen in a while. A lot of them hadn't been to conference since prior COVID. So a lot of them attended last year. And of course, there was more tickets because the COVID restrictions had relaxed a bit more. So it's definitely awesome seeing a lot more people. And of course, making new friends too, which was pretty awesome. I have gained a following on TikTok and Instagram, which have both gained me new clients and friends. I've got amazing regular clients who I absolutely adore and appreciate. 
I am the only studio in Newbury who offers verified jewellery for basics, this being healed or fresh piercings. I'm also a pro team member for Stiletto who do disposable tools and needles. Uh, if you're a regular client of mine, you'll hear me talk about them all the time because I love them. I have done my LGBTQIA plus class on cognition training, which is owned by Ollie Todd, which I am very thankful for. An amazing platform, which now has first aid courses in person and blood bone pathogens course. I believe there is a live webinar being hosted by them with Mr. Josh Hawkins on the 12th of June. And I believe there are tickets still available. So if you want to get on that, get on it now. And yeah, it's just a great platform where you can learn a lot of things. There are webinars that are hosted quite regularly. And honestly, Ollie Todd has gone above and beyond most people, in my opinion, in this industry. So thank you very much, Mr. Todd. So what's next for Pearl Collective? Who knows? I honestly don't know. I never plan ahead of time. I try and plan like at least like three to six months ahead just to be safe. And I know summer is right around the corner, so I'm already putting my jewellery orders in now just so that it can get here in time for August. Um, But apart from that, the only thing that is really set in stone is finishing decorating my piercing room. A lot of you have been in recently and seen it. I love it. I hope you'll love it too. Uh, it's jaded green teal walls with two rose gold metallic walls. It has a few knickknacks on the walls. I have a circle mirror instead of square one. It's just looking so much nicer in there and a bit more my style. Even though I've been there for two years, I haven't really put my stamp on it. Now I'm finally putting my stamp on it. I am going to invest in a new piercing bed. It's just saving up money, which I'm not actually that good at because I love spending money. <laughs> so it's not going very well. There's multiple jewellery companies that are arriving soon, like Ember Body Jewellery, Modern Mood, BBLA, Anatometal, Industrial Strength, Neo Metal, you name it. We've got loads coming in very soon. But the ideal future plan, maybe have my own place, like my own premise to say is mine. But at the moment, I am very comfortable staying at Headcase Barbers. So I'm not going to be leaving anytime soon. So there we go. Episode one is done. I just wanted to make an episode just to introduce myself, explain my past, how I got into piercing, what the current situation is. And what the future may hold for Pearl Collective. You never know what could happen in 5, 10, 20 years time. Who knows? So yeah, I just wanted to make this episode just to say hi, hello. I am Deanna, aka D, And this is my podcast. And I hope you very much enjoy it. The next episode will be up as soon as possible. I will be making them hopefully weekly, if not maybe two weeks ish my next episode will be about operation spanner just because it has a huge part in the lgbtq plus community and i want some episodes within june to be in relation with pride because it is pride month and it also does have a slight connection to the piercing industry or the BDSM world. So hopefully you will enjoy that episode. 
I will hopefully have one episode with a guest. Fingers crossed. I will let you know ASAP. But yeah, thank you very much for listening and I hope you all have a fabulous day. Are you a client or somebody who follows me on social media and you want to submit your story? Well, you're in luck. You are welcome to submit it via email, which is Deanna, D-E-A-N-N-A, at pearlcollective.net. This could be an experience you had or just some questions that you want advice on. It could also be a history lesson of when you had the piercing done, who, by, and where. It could be 10, 20, 30 years ago. If you are a piercer and you want to come on my podcast, you are more than welcome to contact me. I'd be happy to do an interview with you or just to talk about life. If you want to contact me, you can do so by social media on Instagram, which is pearlcollective underscore, or via email, which is deanna at pearlcollective.net. Thanks again for listening to Tea with Dee.